Welcome to Around the Diamond with Jake and Thomas. It's just me, Jake, today. Thomas was busy, so I thought we would have on a guest. Um, Dom, Cubs fans know him, and if you're not a Cubs fan, you'll get to know him now. He's the director of morale for the Chicago Cubs. He's been on Twitter for a while, keeping things positive, and is easily my favorite Cubs fan on Twitter. And I would th- thought I would have him on here to talk some Cubs and talk some baseball while Thomas was gone. So welcome. Thanks. Thanks, Jake, for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, it's uh, great to be here, and I'm ex- I'm looking forward to talking with you. Yeah. So, first off, how long have you been the like? How long have you been a Cubs fan on Twitter? Well, I've been tweeting about the Cubs since 2014, the year before the Cubs really took off uh, in 2015 and 16. Obviously, I really was uh, tweeting well. More or less, like, I was tweeting about the Cubs, but I was also, like, posting Vines about the Cubs when Vine was a thing. I don't know if you remember that, but um, yeah, back when uh, we take videos of that and post them to Twitter. So I was doing a lot of that and then just kind of, you know, I mean, my perspective on life and baseball is uh, through a positive lens. So yeah. I've always looked at, you know, everything that way. And um, that's that's naturally how I am. So. I just kind of gravitated to that. And over time, you know, everything kind of turned into what it is today. Of course, uh, a lot of what I do is sarcastic. It's over the top. Yeah. I'm you know, arrogant and boisterous and many would say annoying, which is fine. Um, but you know what? I'm on Twitter. I'm trying to have fun. I'm trying to make people laugh. And that's the goal on an everyday basis. I think if they follow you on Twitter, you are the definition of glass half full. Um, always Thank keeping you. it positive. I, it. I mean, thankfully the Cubs are good now, but I mean, we'll need you when we're going through a rebuild sometime. Well, I think that's the funny thing, Jake, is that when the Cubs are bad, I mean, you could say the Cubs aren't really good right now, right? They're two games below 500 yeah. in third place. And still, like even it, uh, even after a day like yesterday, you wouldn't even think about it. You're just there having fun, watching the Cubs win, watching the Cubs walk it off. They beat two Cy Young, former Cy Young winners yesterday, and you don't even think about the standings. Uh, your reaction to it uh, is a perfect example of it. So, yeah, I try to keep it positive. I try to keep it light. Um, I try to make people laugh. I know there's a lot of sh- uh, jokes and shticks that go along with everything. Uh, that's just part of the game. That's part of you know, my, uh, humor, if you will. So yeah, just go with it. And if it makes me laugh then I'm going to post it and I'm just going to be myself and do my thing. That's pretty much how it yeah. goes. Yesterday's game was wild. Got to watch some of it during school. Cause my teacher said, yeah, I don't care. You can leave. And then I fell asleep before the end of the second game, woke up and was like, wait, we, we won. I was expecting for us to lose. But then yeah. I look on, I look at your tweets and you're just like, we won. So happy there about we it. Go. Yeah, it was a good game. Yeah, both games were really good. Um, the Cubs are, you know, the offensive has been great over the last, like, two-plus weeks, which has been a lot of fun to watch. And if they can start to couple that with good pitching performances, this, can't, this team can compete in the NL Central, which is, uh, exactly. what I think at, which is what every Cubs fan wants to see. So it's exciting to watch. So have you been a Cubs fan your whole life? Have you, did you just get into baseball? How has that worked? Yeah, so I've all, I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. I played baseball my uh, pretty much my whole life until I got too old and graduated college. So uh, yeah, I mean, um, I'm a big uh, baseball fan. I played you know multiple sports growing up. I you know come from a, a family full of athletes, and you know 
I guess just the competition side growing up with a bunch of uh, kids my age and I have uh, siblings who are all uh, very athletic. So just kind of that competitive nature and that, you know, bleeds into being a fan, right? Just right. feeling confident about your team and going about uh, a new game every single day because that's what I did as a player. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, that, that's pretty much where it came from. I've been a Cubs fan my entire life. My parents were Cubs fans, and that's and I grew up in the area. So um, that's pretty much where it came from. And then, you know, once Twitter started, it kind of took off from there, at least publicly. Right. Were you a Cub? Are you like a Chicago fan, like Cubs, Bears, Blackhawks, Bulls? Yeah, you know, I would say now that I've gotten older, I mean, this takes up a lot of my time. If right. you follow, you would know that I tweet about the Cubs 365 days a year. There's not a day. It could be you, we could be in the middle of, you know, January and I'm thinking about, you know, the Cubs and what are they going to do next? Yeah. Where are they at free agency? Whatever the time of year is. So I'm always tweeting about the Cubs, always thinking about the Cubs. And because of that, um, it has like pushed me away from other sports, if you will. Right. Uh, but I also have found different things now that I've uh, really gotten into as I've gotten older. Like, I'm, if you follow, I'm a huge. I, I love golf. I love yeah. following golf, and um, I play it a lot. Uh, you know, I'm a Bears fan, but I'm never going to say I'm the biggest Bears fan. I'm right. more of like I'm, I'm not going to say I'm a fair weather Bears fan, but I'm not like this total diehard. Um, like a lot of people are, but right. yeah, yeah, baseball takes up a lot of my time. Um, and then we just kind of go from there. Yeah. That's pretty much for me. My best friend loves football. So I try to pay attention some, that's why I paid attention in the yeah. draft and everything. I mean, and I don't, I don't like golf, but I'm gotten more into like, Oh, Hey, the masters is on. I guarantee you they'll talk about it on the compound. Yeah. And Dom will be tweeting about it. And so it's been interesting to yeah. hear that and all of these foreign words that you guys are saying. And I'm just like, what does this mean? It's been interesting to hear that. But yeah, I'm, I've been a Cubs fan my whole life. And go ahead. Yeah, I'm going to say, as you get older, I think you'll begin to appreciate golf more. It's a great game. It's a great way to spend time with the people you care about, meet new people as well, be outside, do something competitive. So maybe as you get older, you'll start to uh, appreciate that. That's how it came about with me. Yeah. 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 Um, sure. so how did you become the morale director? Like with everybody recognizing you as that, did that just kind of happen as you posted one tweeted more? Yeah. I mean, I think there's, I think there's a multitude of things, how it came about. It came, I mean, it came about organically. Um, I remember tweeting something during like that 2016 run about like, you know, the Cubs should hire someone who just goes around and like keeps morale at uh, a certain level and tries to, you know, uh, 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 wash out the fires that are going on all yeah. the time with, you know, all the, you know, all the bad headlines on a consistent basis. Um, and really that just kind of came from there. And then of course, and I, and I want to preface this by saying, like I said before, I know I'm ridiculous. I know, <laughs> I know I'm the least humble person on Twitter. I, I totally understand that. That's the whole point of the joke. Um, so I mean, of course, when I call myself that for so long that it sticks and there's a lot of people that don't like that. There's a lot of people that make fun of me for it, which is fine. Um, the whole point is to make people laugh. The whole point is to be ridiculous. I like to say a lot that I'm not on trial. I'm on Twitter. I can tweet how I want to tweet. And as long as I'm not doing anything discriminatory or racist or incredibly harming to anyone else, I feel like it's in my own right to 
tweet the way I want to tweet, which is cheer about the Cubs in a positive way. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty much how it took off. Um, I do think I tweet about the Cubs in a way that no one else does. And not only the Cubs, but I think in terms of sports, I don't think there's anyone that goes about Twitter or really social media in the same way that I do because I think I – well, not to brag, I think I'm good at it, and I. but I also will – I will go places and I will work with jokes as long as I want to. And nothing, re- yeah. no, nothing else really dictates that. I'm the one who says, like, this is how it's going to be and this is how it's going to be. And if you don't like it, that's fine. Again, but it's my sense of humor. It's what I like. It's what I find funny. And the whole point of it is to make myself laugh as well as others. So I think a lot of people try to be um, a little too cookie cutter. I think a lot of people try to... Uh, do something that other people are doing, and then it just becomes the same old story, the same old trend. And I guess people could say the same thing about my stuff, but I think what I do is at, at unique to a point where it's all organic, it's all from my own head, it's all from you know my own creative uh, you know mindset. So um, I think that's what's kind of separated me from other people. And then as I, there's been specific things that have helped grow everything over time. Right. Uh, which we can talk about that. But uh, yeah, it's I, I do think I'm, I'm I am really unique compared to the rest of the field. Yeah, um, I agree. I like I said, I always enjoy going on and reading all of the tweets about um, you have that morale blend, the coffee blend that you made that now yeah. they have at Wrigley. And now like the Cubs, like it was like the next day that all of a sudden the Cubs are going insane. And now players are tweeting, hey, we have this. And then all of a sudden they go off like Justin Steele and everything. And I've enjoyed watching yeah. that and more players catching on to that. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely rewarding for me. Um, I do think it's also, I mean, I, that, I think that's another thing that I've done that I've stayed true to over time. Like I never really wanted to market this to like a player specifically and try to sell them on something. It was more like if they want to interact, if they want to be part of the community, if they want to, you know, uh, understand everything, it's on them. Like I wasn't going to try to put them in a box and try to continuously, you know, force them to do something or give them handouts. It's like if they want to be a part of it and they can be a part of it. That's what I I love. That's what's kind of made. Yeah, that's what I was like. We look up to. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I think that's what's kind of made it different is that, you know, I think there are a lot of companies or people or brands that they'll send a player something they'll wear at one time and it doesn't really mean anything compared to the people that inter- or the players or people that interact with us. It's like they, they're doing it on their own terms. And I think they understand everything to where you get one player that starts to interact. Like it's, it's, it means a lot more than, than someone else just throwing on a t-shirt or, you know, tweeting something uh, like a, an ad or something like that. That's, that's not how I want to operate. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, we look up to these baseball players like, man, I want to be like them one day. And that is the – I found out about you from the Compound podcast that we've mentioned on here before, Ian Happ, Zach Short, and Dakota Meckes. Yeah. And I love just being able to hear the insight of their life. And they're like, hey, this is what we're doing because I'm like, this is awesome. One, I mean, I'm now a fan of Ian Happ more than I was. But I just love being able to say, like, hey, I just watched him on my – I just listened to him on the podcast. I'm going to root for him even more than I would have. And I get to know yep. what they do because they're normal people. That They're Absolutely. normal people that are good at a sport. But it feels like we have a connection with them 
And I love that part of the podcast and everything that you're doing is that I feel like we have a connection to them in that way. Yeah, I mean, they're people. You said, you said it perfectly, and I think I've learned over time. And I kind of have been uh, pretty firm about this. I mean, this is kind of where morale stems from is that, like, these guys go on social media. They check out their phones. Like, this is something that's part of their regular life, especially the younger generation now that, you know, they went to high school with social media. They went to college with social media. Like, this is entrenched in their whole social network. Um, so, when you have a lot of Cubs fans who are saying, oh, the Cubs are terrible, or the Cubs are this, or the Cubs are that, or we're the worst you know, team ever, like it feeds off to them, and they uh, that gets into their mindset, and I think that's what they appreciate. Now, I'm not someone – I'm not here to, like, hold their water and say everything's good all the time. Like, I'll be realistic about things, but as you know, like, I try to frame it in a positive mindset, try to frame it in a, in a way that we're – we're building something. We're pushing forward. Even when times are rough, even when the Cubs, like, you know, whatever it was a week or two ago, they were losing by a hundred, you know, there's, there's, there's yeah. another game. There's another season. There's another opportunity to get better, to right. achieve our goals. And uh, I think a lot of players appreciate that. Yeah. I think I've fallen into the trap of, you know, I think everyone has screaming at the TV, like, why did you not swing that or whatever? But then you realize they're trying their, it's, they're trying their best. You know, they're real people. It's not like they're robots that are programmed oh, yeah. to do that and whatever, like they're trying their best. It's not like they say ball game today. I'm going to fail as much as I can. I mean, they're trying their hardest. And I think that, I mean, last night I was like, why didn't you swing at that? But then I realized, wait, they're like, they're trying their best. Like put me out there and I'm not going to swing at anything because I'm worried that it's going to, I'm going to get hurt or something. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like the same thing for you, whatever, like say you're taking the test, Jake, and you're, you're trying really hard and you miss a question. Imagine if you got berated on Twitter because you missed one question on your test, you'd be like, well, this is ridiculous, right? You'd be like, I tried my hardest and now everyone's ripping on me because I got something wrong or I did bad on a test. Like these guys are trying their best. They're trying their hardest. They're putting in the work. Uh, they hear all the negativity and, uh, often I don't think it's deserving now. I'll put my hand up. I mean, I've been someone who's, uh, when I was younger, I definitely went hard at Jason Hayward when he signed with the Cubs. Yeah. Um, I think I've changed from then. I think I've learned a little bit, but in the moment, you know, I was just trying to tweet out and be realistic that the Cubs needed to, whether it be move on from Jason in that specific season or find a way to rearrange the lineup when the Cubs are really competing for a championship. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think, We've all been there, here and there, saying, man, this player's not trying, or this player's not doing this, or this player's not doing that. But they're trying their best. I mean, Chris Bryant last night facing Blake Trinan, I think it was in the sixth or seventh inning. Yep. Or, uh, you know, or it might it was the Bauer at bat and the Trinan at bat. I mean, you're talking about two uh, two guys with elite stuff. I mean, he just, he, he lost he lost that matchup, and, that, and that's going to happen. It's not that he wanted to strike out. You fail, three, you fail th- um, seven out of ten times, and you're a Hall of Famer. I mean, that's the game that baseball exactly. is. Going, exactly. off of, going off of Jason Hayward, I like what you said about how you were ripping on him. And, like, I remember I was like, please sign him, please sign him. A teacher left yeah. class and came to tell me, hey, we signed him. And then he, was, he wasn't he was the best. And now I'm looking back yeah. and, like, 
how great of a signing that was for that amount of money because look at what players are getting now. And he's really improved on offense and defense. And one reason that I'm an even bigger fan, I don't know if you remember that walk-off grand slam. I was at that game and I had the scorecard and I just wrote a strikeout because that's what he had done that season. And then when I had to erase it and put a home run, I realized, wow, like he's really improved. And then I went my next game, he had a home run and I'm like, maybe I just need to go to every game. I can't afford that, but then he would do better. But I was like, I got really happy. And was like, wow, he's really improved. It took my mind off of he was awful a year ago, like in the now, he's really improved. So going off of that, what's your favorite Cubs game that you've ever been to? Oh, my favorite Cubs game I've ever been to. That's a great question. Um man, um uh, let's see. Oh, I mean, I I can't give a specific one when I was younger. Um I would say within the morale era, it was definitely 2017 game four of the NLCS. Church of Jake pitched. He pitched really well. I sat down the left field line uh, very close to where Javi hit that home run, if you remember. Um, That's probably one of my favorite games uh, just because – it's like the last time to see Jake pitch in the ballpark. I mean, obviously he came back, but in the moment you kind of knew that it was going to be his last yeah. time. Um, and, you know, they won the game. You know, obviously we didn't win the series, but overall it was a positive experience. And, uh, you know, we fought back for that game. So there have definitely been other games, but, you know, honestly for me, I, I now that, you know, I'm – looked at as someone who's got to be tweeting all the time about the game. It's kind of hard for me to make it to games because, you know, you're dealing with Wi-Fi issues. Yeah. And, I was going to uh, say, do you go to games often anymore? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, I really, COVID, obviously. Yeah. I don't, I don't go as much as people think. And I, well, and I've been very upfront about this. Uh, and I've talked about it a lot. I mean, there are a bunch of fans who pour so many resources into the team financially, like they'll spend, all the savings that they have just to afford season tickets or to be able to live in Wrigley, Wrigleyville and stay their entire, their entire lives because they feel so connected to the franchise. That's something that I really respect. And I've said various, uh, on many occasions that there are many fans that have spent a lot, a lot more time, like actually in the ballpark, uh, on a consistent basis. Now I've been to, you know, tens like maybe a hundred Cubs games but I know there's people out there that have been to a thousand Cubs games and they've like they've been going there their entire life and I really appreciate that but now uh with social media and you know I you know I have to be on like when when the Cubs game's going on like every time there's a score or something happens like people are looking at me to tweet and it's tough for me to do that at a baseball game when I don't have access to wi-fi or i don't have access to replay and things like that so um yeah now now uh my my cubs fandom has kind of changed in that sense but i'm I'm not complaining about it yeah i when you said 2017 and then you said game i was wondering like wait i was at the opening day and then home opener for 2017 i was like wait were we there at the same day i mean that was yeah. i'm guessing you watched that game the home opener in 2017 yep. that was an experience yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely special. Hopefully we can do that again uh, when the Cubs get back to a World Series and win it again. It will happen, but, yeah, definitely a great memory, and uh, I'm glad for everyone who was able to go. It's something that you all will never forget. 
Yeah. So what's your favorite, like, experience with a player at the ballpark? Like, was there a certain, like, autograph? You're like, whoa, I got this. Like, obviously now you're bigger and you know a lot more people. But, like, back before the, I loved how you said, morale era, was there one thing that you're like, I'm going to remember this forever? Yeah, that's a great question. That's another great question. Growing up, uh, I was lucky enough to um, have the privilege to be able to go to spring training every uh, year wow. uh, in Arizona at Coho Cam when I was growing up. And my parents, we'd, we'd fly out there for like a week, go to a game every single day, uh, you know, travel all over Phoenix, hang out. It was a great time. We did it for like 10 years. And I remember meeting Ron Sano for the first time, uh, Ernie Banks, Billy Williams. I'd say those are probably the biggest moments. Uh, Ryan Sandberg, uh, you know, getting their autographs, um, you know, just walking around the park, getting things signed. I mean, I'm not a big collector today, but when you're whatever I was, I don't know, eight, nine, 10, 11, like that, that's a really big deal. And yeah. uh, something I'll never forget. So that's, that's probably the one moment for sure that like the first time I ever met uh, a big leaguer. Actually, I do remember this. This wasn't at a game. This was at a Dick's Sporting Goods or a sports authority. Uh, I think I was in like Deerfield or something. And um, John Lieber was at the sports authority in Deerfield. I think it was. And we went there, got his autograph. And I was, I had never been so, that was the first time I ever met a major leaguer. And I was so nervous that I I just could not believe it. I was shaking and I, I was probably seven and and i couldn't believe it and uh that that's something i'll never forget yeah i mean i agree like you get so nervous when you're there like i have remember one game in 2016 my grandpa took me there early and said oh and i was like okay where are you sitting okay i'll be down here for the three hours that we got into the park and i got like 10 autographs that day in the yearbook and looking back on it i'm like one this is the 2016 championship team and i got like I know Rizzo doesn't sign often, but I got like Bryant, I got Ross, and like I got so many names, Schwarber, that I'm uh-huh. looking back at this and like how, like how awesome that was. And I remember running up to my grandpa and immediately calling my dad and saying, guess who, guess whose autograph I just got? And like, guess who? I got to be on the big screen with David Ross the day after he hit his 100th home run. And I'm like, what? And yeah. like, I just spent that whole drive home just like, what in the world? Like these guys that I watch on TV, I was right there with them talking to them and like, I collect baseball cards. I've been getting more into it now. And I, um, currently my favorite player is Nico Horner. And I'm like, the day that I get to meet him, it was Albert Amora Jr. And like, when he waved at me, like, I was like, how insane is that to be able to know these players that, like I said, you watch all the time and just to be able to meet them and know that they're human and that like they, when they recognize you, that's a pretty special moment. Yeah, and I think it's great you told that story because it kind of goes along with why I do what I do because there's so many people just like you who, and maybe you do remember that day if the Cubs won or not, but like those experiences being at the federal landmark, watching your favorite players play, like that should reflect how you tweet on social media. It doesn't mean that you you that you're always saying things are positive, that you can't be realistic and you can't hold the team accountable at specific points in time, but Overall, the message should be watching baseball, watching the Chicago Cubs, being in the federal landmark is special. And uh, I think a lot of fans lose sight of that because I know there are a lot of people like you who think back to those times like, man, this was absolutely amazing. It was awesome. I can't believe I had that opportunity. And uh, I just wish more people would understand that and uh, realize why uh, fans are looking for an outlet, a positive outlet to get away from their 
you know, lives on an everyday basis and just relax and enjoy something like Chicago Cup baseball. Right. Yeah. I mean, Albert Amora, like I said, was my favorite player and we can both agree he wasn't the best offensively, but I went to my one, I believe it was like my, the last game that I've been to, it was in 2019 and I waved and he's like, Oh, hi. And then that game, he went off like three for four with, I think like six RBIs or something and he won the game for them. And I'm like the one game I'm at, like, it's just so fun to be like, he's my favorite player. And my dad was messaging me the whole game saying like, I'm so happy for you. Like that the one game you went, you were able to relish in him um, hitting well for once. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, again, I wish uh, people would share those stories like that. And they do share those stories. And I think that's what kind of builds the Cubs community and uh, the morale community. And hopefully over time, I know uh, not every Cubs fan agrees, but hopefully we can all kind of come come together and see things on a, a familiar basis uh, in some time in the future, but we'll see. Yeah. What was your experience with the 2016 World Series? Do you remember where you are game seven? I remember I was at youth group and my dad said, this is the fastest I've ever driven home. And then we just sat there and I stress, I was stress eating like three boxes of crackers that whole game. What did you experience then? Yeah, I was I was uh, at home watching the game uh, with my family, and you know I think a, a lot of people ask me like, were you out? Were you you know were you in Wrigleyville? Were you you know uh, trying to enjoy everything? I wasn't. I was I was locked in. I was pl- I was watching that game as if I was playing, sitting on the bench myself. I know that sounds corny, but it's just the truth. Yeah. And uh, even back then, I mean, even back what, what was that five years ago? Uh, I was you know tweeting obviously and trying to. You know, just lock into what was going on. That that's that's where I go to in big moments. It's not like, uh, well, I'm just gonna kind of hang out and I'll have the game in the background. Like, no, like the bigger the game, the more locked in I want to be. So, uh, yeah, yeah. And I just remember, obviously, everyone remembers when it happened. Uh, you know, it was just exciting. Um, it was just very grateful. But the more I the more I think about it, um, it's not always about the championships. I know I say it all the time that. I am here for championships. I want the Chicago Cubs to win. I want to see them be the best franchise they can be and the best franchise in, the, in Major League Baseball. But it's really the things that are memorable are the, the games in between, the, the championship games, the, the games in September where you're trying to clinch a division right. and you're you know having those big series in April and May. Like That's the stuff that I really remember and the stuff that I really appreciate. And Pretty much the, the championship is really just a cherry on top, to be honest with you. Yeah, I like that. Did you go to the championship parade? Um, I was working on that day. I wasn't okay. able to get out of it. I, the, the, I remember staying up super late to watch the uh, watch the game. I think the championship parade was like two days later, but no, I yeah, it was. Yeah, Wednesday was when we won, and then Friday was the championship yeah, parade. I was, I was. Yeah, I remember working on that Friday. Um, wasn't able to get out of it. And the next, the next World Series, I will. Uh, definitely be there you'll call in uh, sick yeah yeah at, at, at that point in time at that job i couldn't call in sick so that's kind of how it went yeah I, my principal was like i was like can i go and he's like i don't care and so my dad said why not and we woke up like three in the morning there front row and like it was just like my dad was like you do you, you don't understand how lucky you are i have lived my whole life without the cubs being good and like yeah. 10 years into your life all of a sudden they're winning the world series which was pretty special yeah, that's awesome. Another great story, and um, it's just different here. I know I say it all the time. Yeah, it's, it's just, just different, different here. here. Not, 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 not every franchise, not every uh, team, not every fan can experience the things that Chicago Cubs fans can on a daily basis.
So obviously you're a Cubs fan. What do you think the Cubs should do this um, trade deadline in this offseason? I put, I think I put on Twitter a few weeks ago. Would it? Would you rather them trade all of their players, which obviously none of us want to see? But I'm guessing. I mean, we'll sign two of our core, maybe. But I was thinking. If we were able to get a Rodas Chapman and we had to send Glaber Torres, just imagine what we can get for MVP caliber Chris Bryant and all of those players. Or would you rather us try to get to the postseason and try to compete with these big level teams that probably have more talent than us? Which one would you rather see? Yeah, I think it's a really it's a really tough question. I mean, I think and I've been saying it a lot. I think the, the issue with the team is going to be the starting pitching. It's not a dominant staff. And right now, objectively, it's actually the worst starting staff. We traded you Darvish. Game. Like, we traded yeah, you Darvish. Yeah. It was confusing. I, like, we traded you Darvish. Like, oh, okay, they're reboating. Then we signed Jack Peterson. Like, wait, what are we doing? And, like, you have to figure the front office doesn't think we're going to contend. And now, because they traded you Darvish, and now the goal for the players is let's show them that we can contend and make them regret that and hopefully win a championship. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I think a lot of it has to do with – you know, how they want the team to look going into 22, 23, and 24. I mean, there's going to be a new wave. There's going to be a new group. There's going to be decisions that have to be made. Um, and they're tough decisions. I mean, this is what you sign up for when you have uh, a totally new and rebuilt team going back to 2015. You bring everyone up at the same time. These are the, the, This is the price you have to pay. These are the tough times that you have to go through. And while every year is sacred – Every year isn't looked at the same. I hate to say it, but it's just the truth. It doesn't mean that I don't want the Cubs to win. I want the Cubs to compete. I think the Cubs can compete in the National League uh, Central. Um, But overall, I think the main part of it all is that we just need to make decisions on, well, A, Chris Bryant. I mean, he's arguably one of the best players in the game. His expected stats are at the height of his career. Uh, He's... Like I said today, he's a Swiss Army knife who's a, who's also an MVP candidate. You don't find those everywhere, and he's he's allowing for David Ross to play matchups when every other team. If you have Mike Trout, you can't put Mike Trout at third base. You can't put Mike Trout at first base um, just to uh, come up with a lineup that suits that suits favorably against the starting pitcher that day. So he's incredibly special. He's healthy. I would sign him up. I'd sign him up for a high AAV. Uh, you know, four or five year deal. That's just me. I know Chris is probably going to want more than that. I understand. Um, and if listen, if they're not going to sign him, if they can't sign him long term, which I hate to say, then yeah, it makes sense to trade because there's hard decisions that have to be made. And I don't know if any team wants to see uh, there, you know, could be three players leave uh, without having the chance to extend them. So it's a tough spot that we're in. It's why I said for so long that extensions were so crucial to this team. Hopefully something gets worked out, but overall um, it's going to be up to Jed to make those harsh decisions and uh, hopefully make the best moves for this team going forward. Yeah. Before I ask the two questions branching off of that, how tough would it be to realize no matter what you do, people are going to criticize you like Jed Hoyer, like, if he does extend them or if he doesn't, people are going to criticize no matter what. And that just has to be like, which one do I go with? Which one? You have to sort of block that out and say, what, yeah. what is best for this organization? 
Well, I mean, I, I know that I am not in the position that Jed Hoyer is in, but I often feel the same thing. I think people are going to get mad at me if I'm too positive. People are going to get mad at me if I'm too negative. Um, and that's just how it goes. And like you said, you have to be able to block it out. You have to be true to yourself. You have to be honest with yourself. And I think that's so critically uh, important to the framework of your career. And for Jed, he's got to make the best move that he thinks uh, – the Cubs need in that moment. And if he can't make that move, then he shouldn't be the, you know, president of baseball operations. I mean, this is why he has the job. This is why you're hiring him. And for me, I trust Jed. I know he has some tough decisions to make. I know he's made some harsh decisions uh, in terms of a uh, Chicago Cub uh, uh, fan base and, and what we look for. But overall, I think he has our best interests uh, in mind. And I'm looking forward to see what he does moving forward. And hopefully that includes extending Chris Bryant. Yeah. When he, when we found out that he was the one, like, you know, he was that Everyone was like, he's the new GM or whatever. Then the story came out that one, he made sure Pedro Strope was in that deal. And two, he didn't want to do the Quintana and Eloy deal. And I think that really set my mind and I'm like, wow, he can, like he can run this club. But do you think, do you think that we're going to extend any of the four? Yeah, I do. I mean, now I'm not going to lie. I think when they lowballed Anthony Rizzo, I think you opened Pandora's box for a whole assortment of yeah. uh, scenarios being set up. It's not necessarily the best thing. I do think they're going to they're going to sign someone. Um, I hope it's Chris Bryant. I've said it before. Like I, I, I think Chris Bryant is the most valuable player on the team. He's been the most valuable for a long time. Um, and I would love to see him get signed and then build from there and hopefully sign another guy. I mean, tough decisions have to be made. The Cubs have to be able to make more contact on a consistent basis. You look at the best teams in the game, whether it be the Astros or the Dodgers, they don't strike out as much. I know the, I know the team's doing really well right now because they're drinking the morale blend. But overall, um, you know, we have to make more contact on us on a consistent basis. And hopefully that changes uh, as we rearrange the roster. But I'm appreciative of all the players, and I hope, all of them get extended uh, and we can create a new uh, core or new outlook or, or new uh, variables for this team as we move, as we move forward. Yeah. I would guess one, our next core would probably be one of those. And then like you said, contact, I mean, that's Nico Horner. He's contact yeah. and great defense. And then Ian yeah. Happ, I would say is probably, and then I'm, I mean, if Matt Duffy keeps this up, I mean, he's staying on the team, but for I sure. mean, Adbert, I just think there's so much young talent that if they can, like this team's pr- trouble that last since 2016, they're not playing to their potential. If you look at this roster, if everybody plays to their potential, there is no stopping us. Chris Bryant is playing to his potential. And then Rizzo and Baez and Contreras, I mean, not they're not up there yet. But if this whole team plays to this potential, this lineup and this team is nasty. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Morazale and Nico are so crucial to this team because they represent that next group, that next four coming through and, I'm super excited to see what happens moving forward. I think the Cubs fans have a lot of uh, things to look forward to. I know this offseason might be tough. I know this past year has been tough for many fans. But overall, um, if you look at it through a positive lens, if you look at it from a growth mindset, I think the Cubs, uh, Cubs fans have a lot of things to be uh, uh, thankful for. And I know I'm thankful for a lot of things with this team. I and mean, we, we have the opportunity opportunity to compete when there's a whole bunch of teams that go through this same thing this whole time of transition and uh they're at the bottom of the standings and there's absolutely no hope i know the cubs were in last place yesterday but you still have chris bryant you still have anthony rizzo you still have 
Kyle Hendricks. You still have Javi Baez. You still have Ian Happ. I mean, all these guys, right? Um, and the fact that we were able to go from – Yeah. We were able to go from, like, last to second place yeah, in, like, yeah, three days. It's like this division is not good. I mean, like you were saying with the teams like – Zach Short on the Tigers, they're not doing well. The Orioles, I don't think yeah. they're doing very well. Like, there's these teams, and, like, when we didn't have baseball during 2020, for most of 2020, it really made me think, like, how much I miss baseball. And even if the Cubs are bad, I'm like, it's something to do. It's something to watch. It's not like we're not going to win a single game. Like, we're going to have good days and bad days. Every team is. It may be more worse days, but it's baseball, and that's a true baseball fan will watch your team win or lose. Absolutely. I totally agree. And hopefully fans come to see that over time. And, you know, it just goes to show, like, we have a new opportunity tonight. Hopefully we can get this sweep with the, the Dodgers and move forward into the, I think it's the Pirates we play yep. next. And, Pirates uh, and then the Tigers. You know, I get think. on a nice little streak from there. Yeah. yeah. A nice little streak from there. And then, uh, and, and then we'll see what happens, right? It's baseball is a weird game, man. And uh, the guys that have played it, the guys that have been through it, when you're going through the grind, the ups and downs, it's, the nature of the game, and that's why Twitter isn't the uh, the best place for um, for uh, uh, fans' uh, frame of mind or peace of mind, if you will, mental health. Uh, that's why I try to you know bring the morale and be positive on a consistent basis. Yeah. So I have to ask, how did you meet Ian Happ? Like, I know you're great friends with him. How did that come to be? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, well, it came naturally. Uh, luckily, Zach Short and I have mutual friends going back uh, when I was in college, and that's kind of how we started talking. Then from there, as Zach and I started talking more, um, I just kind of joked that how long is you know Ian going to big league me for? And then he said it's he told Ian, and that kind of sparked everything and then Ian reached out and uh started talking I was on the podcast the first time and everything went well um but I think what a lot of people don't see is that you know and again I'm not trying to brag or anything but you know Ian and I talk a lot I mean we talk like on a consistent basis we text all the time uh and just you know come up with ideas I mean Ian has a a whole assortment of things he wants to do outside of baseball and something I really appreciate I love what he stands for. He's all about mental health. He's all about so many great causes. And he wants to, you know, uplift a lot of people, which is what I want to try to do, right? And, yeah, that's um, perfect. Yeah, and I just think uh, we're, we're of the same age, and, uh, you know, we know similar people. And I think the fact that I played baseball in college uh, allows me to talk about the game in a way that's different than your average fan, not to, not to brag or anything. But, like, I know a lot of guys that have played – you know, professional baseball, a lot of coaches, like there are a lot of uh, similar people um, that, you know, we've run into as you grow up being division one athletes and uh, that whole deal. So um, that just kind of went from there. Um, yeah, just, it, it's been a, a mutual uh, understanding of what we're both trying to do. And luckily enough now, you know, we're able to uh, do things like the morale blend and plenty of other things moving forward. Um, I'm really appreciative for him, but not only him, but Zach and Dakota and all the guys that have really uh, gone back and interacted with morale, going back to Kyle Schwarber. He was the first morale athlete. Yeah. He was really the guy that kind of kicked everything off and then bad news. And um, you know, uh, there's a, there's a whole assortment of them. So while well, it's actually only six of them now, uh, <laughs> there, there's six, but um, overall I'm just really thankful for everyone who's interacted and uh, Ian's uh, absolutely very high on that list. Did you ever just sit back and think like, wow, like 
I'm friends with a major league baseball player. Has that sunk in yet? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I don't know. I think it's a tough question. I mean, I, I've worked, listen, I know I'm ridiculous. I keep saying that. I know what <laughs> I do. I know what I do is crazy. I know the jokes. I know people don't like it. I know I'm one of the most hated Cubs fans out there, whether it be from a Brewers, Cardinals, White Sox, even Cubs fan perspective. I understand that, but I'm not going to apologize for it. And um, I've worked hard at doing this. I mean, yeah. put in a lot of time. I, I watch every game. I tweet all the time. I, I study. I know the stats like on a day-by-day basis. I know where the trends are. That's tough so, to do. That's tough yeah, to do I mean, to watch not, every yeah. game and tweet every yeah, game. And, yeah. That's and respect. In, yeah. Yeah. And when you're told that you're an idiot and you don't know anything and you're a, uh, you know, your sticks are just fake and you're just trying to manipulate people like, I think I, I definitely have a chip on my shoulder now to where it's not that I expected this, but it's like, I don't sit back and be like, wow, like, like, look what's going on. I think like, well, we have a new opportunity today. I want to try to make this person laugh. I want to try to make this joke. I got to do this. I have to do that. And that just continues on going. So maybe one day I'll step back and look at everything. But I mean, I don't think I've even touched the surface of where this is all going. And, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully that's the case moving forward, but you know, I try to look at everything on a, on a on a micro level in terms of Twitter, like day by day, tweet by tweet. Uh, am I doing right by the people I'm interacting with? Where have I done? Where have I gone wrong? Well, what do I have to, you know, uh, make amends for? What, how can I be better? Um, and that's stuff I really I, I take to heart. I know there's a lot of people that don't like me and they just read my tweets and they think, man, this guy's the worst. I absolutely hate this guy. He's the biggest jerk of all time. I I, I have to block him. Like. like I wish people would, would spend a little bit more time to realize like what I'm getting at and maybe listen to your podcast or listen to another podcast that I've been on. Uh, Cause I think people get lost into uh, what goes on on Twitter, but um, I'm just, I take it by a uh, uh, day by day basis and try to do right by the people that I know and the people that I interact with and the people that, that don't know me. So I can try to make a very inclusive space for all Cubs fans out there. Yeah. I always enjoy interacting with the tweets and, seeing the funny responses that people will put up and it's it always makes me happy to see like the Cubs scored I wonder what Dom said or whatever just the interaction and keeping the game positive that's one of my favorite things so thank you for coming on where can they find you on social media yeah you can find me at Dom underscore Frederick on uh, Twitter Instagram and also Clubhouse that's where we uh we record our podcast at, and I say for everyone, like if you're listening and maybe if you don't have your own podcast, but you disagree with something that I say, or, you know, you have a different perspective on the team, like it's an open forum for everyone, anyone to come in and, and chat and talk with not only myself, but other Cubs fans. And that's something that I've definitely uh, prided myself on to having an open, open dialogue to people uh, who, who just want to have a conversation, even if they disagree. So yeah, you can find me on those three platforms right now. And uh, you know, for the people that do follow, at least on Twitter, like give it some time, uh, try to understand the sticks, the jokes. I know it can be a lot uh, in a short, in short notice, but I think over time, you'll come to realize what I'm getting at. And uh, hopefully you appreciate everything that not only I tweet, but the the rest of the community tweets. And hopefully we can continue to be better and more uh, inclusive and understanding of people uh, for them to want to join and interact with morale. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks, Jake. I really appreciate it. And whenever you need me again, just reach out. And I'm more than happy to, uh, you know, talk to you again. Yep. Bye.